From Rhythm and Light in Chicago, I'm Steve Ordauer, and welcome to Rhythm of Life. Today on the show, we welcome one of America's foremost civil rights, religious, and political figures, Reverend Jesse L. Jackson Sr. This episode is part of an ongoing series about the Emmy Award-winning gospel television program, Jubilee Showcase, that was a who's who of gospel greats in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and its outspoken civil rights activist, producer, and host, Sid Ordauer. I sat down with Reverend Jackson for a documentary interview about this vital piece of American culture at Rainbow Push on the south side of Chicago, the headquarters of an organization Reverend Jackson founded years ago that merged Operation Push, People United to Save Humanity, and the National Rainbow Coalition. The mission of this merged organization is to protect, defend, and gain civil rights by leveling the economic and educational playing fields and to promote peace and justice around the world. Before this, Reverend Jackson worked closely with Dr. King, becoming a full-time organizer for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, otherwise known as the SCLC, and was soon after appointed to direct the critically important Operation Breadbasket program. Over the past 40 years, Reverend Jackson has played a pivotal role in virtually every movement for empowerment, peace, civil rights, gender equality, economic and social justice, and it is my distinct pleasure and privilege to speak with him. When I interviewed Danny Davis, he said that my father really didn't try to relate to people when he was crossing socioeconomic, racial, and religious lines. You know, most people, when they try to cross racial, social boundaries, people try to relate. But Danny Davis said, my father really didn't try to relate. He just naturally did for whatever reason. He was just able to relate to people on a very human level. I think that's what I really want to say about Sid. He was effortless in relating to people across what we've seen as racial, ethnic, or religious lines. I wanted to not see Sid in that sense as a white guy, but another guy, uh, a brother of another mother. Jubilee Showcase, number four, JSC 1047-5, TBA, take one. Jubilee Showcase, the program featuring the great gospel, spiritual, and jubilee songs. Songs to bring you soul-satisfying enjoyment and inspiration. With us for this special program is a truly great artist and his group, blazing a magnificent gospel trail across America and throughout the world with their glorious songs of faith. From California, Andre Crouch and the Disciples, and here they are with Andre's great recording hit, Just Like He Said He Was. He's coming back for me. I first met him in 1964 when I first came to Chicago. Because there was this, all the gospel artists that we'd ever seen down south. Abelina Walk in the Caravans and Conservative George and, uh, and the Soul Series. These great artists I'm going to see one night in passing, they all congregated at Jubilee Showcase. So it was like a must watch. It was a joyous uh, adventure to watch them. And she was such an excellent uh, master of ceremonies and host for them. And he and they were one. Widely known as the Minister of Music of the Great Institutional Radio Choir of Brooklyn, New York, J.C. White is one of the most talented choral directors, arrangers, and composers we have in gospel music today. 
1972, he organized the J.C. White Singers, most of whom are members and lead singers with the Institutional Radio Choir. Now recognized as one of our nation's finest gospel ensembles, these unique artists present mostly original material by their founder. Here's a good example as J.C. White offers, I'm Saved. For a long time, walking around in sin, no God on my side, had no peace within, my mind was vexed, confused from day to day, wandering around like a blind man, just couldn't find my way, right now I'm as a personality, just anxious to meet him. I, I began to appreciate his depth and breadth and that the Jubilee Showcase was his advocation, never not his vocation. His first love was labor, the workers and wages and how poor people have been for his keen sense of, of Jewish passion for social justice. And at that time, the dynamic black-Jewish coalition for justice in labor was where his real head was. His heart was in this spiritual, cultural gospel music. And so that's when I first met him. Uh, and not long after that, Dr. King came to Chicago. And many artists were shooing Dr. King and many churches closed the doors and denied him access to pulpits. And there was just a real fear of the quote-unquote daily machine. Sid embraced Dr. King and helped interpret his work. Even the artists who began to appreciate more that they had to take the risk to go to the next level. Even the great gospel artists uh, were sensitive to the fact that they could go south and had to either stay in a, a rundown motel or in Roman houses to stay. Dr. King was changing their objective conditions, so they appreciated his work. So what was your relationship like with Sid, both personally and with respect to his involvement in Operation Push? Well, I was, of course, in my early 20s, I just come to Chicago, and he, was, he befriended me. Hmm. Uh, he helped me. He shared with me stories and introduced me to many of the artists. And he saw me as a young organizer in his own tradition of organizing. Mm -hmm. You see, it was fundamental, a worker organizer. And so it was, um, it was easy to meet Sid and easy to talk with him. Uh, and in my own formative years uh, as an organizer in Chicago, Sid was a supporter. We had a choir. He let our choir sing on his broadcast, on his telecast. He saw helping my work in Breadbasket, Dr. King's assignment as a civil rights con contribution. So Sid invested in me heavily. He interviewed me, which gave us a broader platform. Many churches we couldn't get in. 
It is indeed my privilege to welcome the Reverend Jesse Jackson, one of the closest associates of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and who serves as National Director of Operation Breadbasket, the economic <clears throat> arm of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Reverend Jackson, at this time of renewal and resurrection, I know that you must have some reflections on the meaning and purpose of Dr. King's life. I guess Franklin said I am still somewhat beset by the, the crucifixion. Um, and my earliest recollections of Dr. King, of course, has to do with being a, a boy growing up in South Carolina, remembering this sharp, young, profound preacher arising out of Montgomery, the cradle of the Confederacy, and understanding the severe military suppression of black people in the South, his courage stood out that he was not afraid, and most people were. Uh, he had a kind of integrity where he couldn't be bought off, and that was understood. And his intelligence was of such until one felt proud to be associated with a man who was so profound. And then, of course, from that period, he began to, to skyrocket mm. into the world's great prominent leader that he became. Lies, why lie? We say we love each other and trust each other and respect each other. We don't. We can if we try, but why lie? We raise our heroes when they are dead and lower them while they are alive. Painful, but it's true. Deny this, why lie? Lies bad because it ain't what you know. Lies bad because it ain't where you need to go. Lies a tool of the rich to keep the poor in a ditch. But we pray to stay as we are and not become what we should. We would rather be right than be good. But no one was a better interpreter of Dr. King's work as an on-air personality than Sir Lauderdale. Through the years. What do you think motivated him? I keep on toiling. Many of the Jewish allies were driven by a sense of social justice and passion. Sort of that sense of poverty is a predicament of Jewish people. And so that sense of whether it's Rabbi Abraham Heschel or whether it was a seed out of that tradition of fighting for workers, uh, Jerry Wolf, uh, the AFSME, we see it was really connected to labor through the week. His, he did the gospel showcase for Sunday. That was his kind of worship service. But his passion for workers, the right to organize and collective bargaining and workers having uh, the life options. And that's where he and Dr. King connected so well because Dr. King was of the uh, Dr. King and Sid Aldawa, Addie Wyatt, became the most prominent African-American woman in labor. Sid was in the rhythm of change and liberation. And many of the gospel personality types or other radio TV types shone away from activism that was risky. But uh, Sid led marches, he led demonstrations, was an interpreter of the word. You know, I was going to ask you about how he utilized Jubilee Showcases, just part of his overall advocacy, which you just spoke to. But what was also interesting is how bold he was, being on the forefront of such issues as labor and civil rights and how outspoken he was, and he just really wasn't concerned with his reputation in the conventional sense. His appreciation for labor was kind of pre-Dr. King, by the way. And, of course, relating to Dr. King in 
in the South. Brother King came to Chicago in 66, out of Selma. That was a pivotal turning point in our struggle, bringing the nonviolent struggle north. Many people who came south to help us, maybe even in a paternalistic sense, were not willing to fight the fight up north, up close at home. Uh, and, and Dr. King faced a, a group of ministers who held a press conference and there was no place for him in Chicago. Sid Ardow joined a group of ministers and labor this was said Dr. King was very necessary here. This was the home of labor. Uh, and the plan of working people was the mission of the civil rights struggle. So it's one thing to have the right of public accommodations if you can't afford to eat the food that you can order. Uh, to have the right to vote, to have a right to an education or to health care. So Sid saw the holistic quest, the tension between the few who had so much and many who had so little. Outsiders, they refuse to help us. Yeah, and they down us. For living the way we do oh, But when you burn the child, the child of a poor man oh, They say the ghetto is the only place for you and so his, his fight for social justice. Many people will, will celebrate Jesus of piety and they'll clasp their hands and look down and feel a, a, a vibration within. But Jesus was not killed by a, a combination of the government and the, and the high priest uh, because he, he, he was pious. He fought to change the objective conditions of poor people. Staple Singers are fast becoming a musical institution and it's a great joy for us to see them rise to such great heights of musical fame. No matter where they perform, in the great concert halls or at colleges and universities, on the national and international television programs, or in the churches from which they came, they are a devoted family singing the songs of the people. And here they are with a song which expresses a folk dimension to their music, the great Staple Singers and gotta be some changes made. There's trouble all over this world Confusion is everywhere But I'm looking for the day when there'll be nothing but love And happiness everywhere But it's got to be some changes Got to be some changes made You know we gotta make a change somewhere Yes, we have got to be some changes made We are fighting, brawling, our great leaders falling Cause we don't want to integrate But it's got to be some changes, got to be some changes made You know we gotta make a change somewhere Yes we have, yeah I said we gotta make a change somewhere So you measure character by how you treat the least of these. There's trouble all over this world. 
against the wall. I was hungry and you fed me. We was naked and you clothed me. I was in jail and you visited me. It is that Jesus of power and changing the objective conditions outside, not just the internal conditions. They gave Sid a, a, an appreciation in depth some people did march for it, for the event. But see, they had an appreciation of labor and civil rights that was not ordinary. Yes, being not ordinary seems to be a running theme with my father. Um, I'm also, thank you for that. I'm also curious um, how close he was to Dr. King. Very close, because, for example, when we had the big rallies, see, it was the, 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 the unanimous choice to be the MC, because he could make it happen, you know? Uh, one time we had an affair for Dr. for Reverend Clay Evans, and uh, Dr. King spoke at the event at, at the uh, Eric Brown Theater, and see it was the the, uh, the MC, and in fact part of the, the the sponsoring force. So we all knew Sid immediately, because uh, you know before we had these athletic heroes, you have a different hero every season. It's a basketball hero, and it's a baseball hero and it's a track hero and a boxing. Mm-hmm. With except the people like A. Joe Lewis or like A. Jesse Owens or like A. Jack Robinson, the force that had moved us was Through the, years, the Dixon Hummingbirds. It was the Swan Silvertones. It was the Soul Stairs.
Albertina Walker and Priscilla George and Shirley Caesar and the Caravans. Sisters out of uh, Philadelphia. He was the conduit through which talent had been hidden in the dark and make its way out. Uh, what makes a, a light come on or off is not the switches to conduit. And, and truth like electricity requires a conduit. He was that outlet, that conduit. And I think at first they thought that having the gospel shown for Saturday morning was a throwaway time. But whatever Phil and Leonard Chess were to radio and recording. Sid was that to gospel. Whatever Barry Gordon and Motown became to this huge outlet, so now there was that to gospel. Because many times, gospel artists at that time were always tremendous. They had no platform. Sam Cooke had to break away to get a platform. Aretha Franklin had to break away to get, to get a platform. Uh, but the forerunner to even the Stella Awards today uh, and what Don Jackson does today in TV, its roots are in C.L.R. Dower's breakthrough on television. So the throwaway show became, in some sense, a, a, a premier show. Yeah, it was an extraordinary achievement, no doubt. And it really made me wonder about what gospel music means to you personally. I mean, given that it was the backdrop of the civil rights movement and you were so active and one of the leaders of the movement, could you elaborate on your relationship to this incredibly unique and powerful artistic expression of spirituality? I remember, I remember when I was a kid in South Carolina. Sunday morning, five minutes to seven to seven o'clock. Five minutes was a quartet group. We had no outlet. We had no TV outlets in the South. Uh, we began to get some gospel WLAC Nashville, Tennessee, Big House Allen, House Allen out of Nashville, which kind of put, gave a platform to Reverend C.L. Franklin. So you can almost kind of spot these places here and there. Well, was there a, a television show in a market this big? Not only was this a, the big market, but also the, the big market for talent. I mean, one can envision 
uh, Mavis and her father and brother and sisters, the staple singers. This was their platform. You could, you could kind of look on that show. Where did we first see Andre Crouch? It was the Jubilee Showcase. Uh, where did we first really see Willie uh, and the Soul Search and Sam Kublai? Where did we first see Janet Taylor? This was the Jubilee Showcase. It really was a, a, a multifaceted talent parade. He turned uh, what one might call a stumbling block into a stepping stone. Uh, he, he took uh, uh, broken pieces and made something of it. Well, I know you mentioned the Soul Sirs and the Staple Singers, and there were a whole slew of other incredible artists on Jubilee Showcase. What were some of your favorite artists or groups? Well, for many of us, Mavis and 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 her sisters and brothers and pops became our age group. They became that dynamic. If you've ever lived in a ghetto, it may be at the close of your day. On your front porch, you'll hear the sound of a jukebox from a neighborhood. At noon, you may When a key breaks a window pane, yeah, at night, at night, at night, oh, you may be awakened oh, by the sound. Mavis's career has endured. Uh, the Dick Hummingbirds and Ira Tucker. Uh, but so many artists in, Ch- in Chicago, Dolores Barrett Campbell, they were out there. Thank you. 
tape of it. Louis Nation get together. Talk about a good time. Hold on. Also, I was the choir director for Reverend C.L. Franklin in, in Detroit. And Jess Addiction. Learn how to wait on Jesus. Learn how to wait on Jesus. Learn how to wait on Jesus. You're going to make everything all right. Wait on Jesus. This whole blossoming of gospel as marketable beyond just the church. In the forefront of that, Sid was to come do it. see many people saw the gospel tradition through a keyhole. They saw something to go Tom Dorsey, eh? whatever that was, you know, they saw uh, these artists with sit on our source through an open door. He saw the big apostles of gospel. And so many of the gospel artists Today and yesterday, couldn't even sing upstairs in, in the upstairs in, in the church auditorium. They had to sing in the basement of churches, or uh, at a Y, or uh, VFW down the street, or uh, in some school auditorium. Sitting they helped to uh, bring gospel to a higher level of appreciation. So you would not think of putting a gospel artist today in the basement of a church. That was not always so. Uh, even even to have organs and pianos and trap drums in the churches. Uh, Reverend Clarence Cobbs was a part of the breakthrough there of the impact of, of the Church of God in Christ with the kind of free-flowing, the Matamos singers and the uh, these these choirs and as they look for a big outlet. Where did they get the outlet from? I would contend that there was no greater outlet. And then once it was successful in Chicago, other cities began to do it as well, because clearly it was a hit. And this was in so-called kind of dead time. It became uh, prime time. He turned dead time into prime time. He turned rejected stones into cornerstones. I mean, he was a revolutionary. It has been said that to undermine a man's self-respect is a sin. There are those who build up and those who tear down. There are those who encourage and there are those who discourage. There are those who would add to the standing of others and those who belittle others, perhaps from the mistaken idea that by tearing others down, they are building themselves up. No one can really justify pushing others down and no one increases his own standing by trying to take away the standing of others. Life is the gift that God has given and is the greatest one. And no one should belittle that gift in himself or in others, but rather should recognize life's eternal possibilities and lift others up with kindness and encouragement, patience and understanding. It matters not so much what we may think of the other person. More important is what he thinks of himself. For remember, a man's self-respect 
may be his most precious possession. Reach the top in music or other creative fields, the basic ingredient is talent. The Pilgrim Jubilee Singers have talent plus, combining the soul of gospel with excellent harmony and rhythm. In hundreds of cities across the country, in the Apollo Theater in New York City, on television recordings and radio, they have a musical message for everyone. They demonstrate this as Cleve Graham leads the way with Trouble in the Streets. We are having a lot of trouble in the streets, y'all. Now ain't that right? Ain't that right? Yes, it is. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Access opportunity for gospel artists and for it as a as an art form. But I am as sensitive to his work with the Urban League. NAACP, Organized Labor, ACLC, Dr. King, uh, A. Philip Randolph, as well as his passion with people like Tom Dorsey, Tom, Dr. Thomas Dorsey. He was, he is his real passion, the most, he was a freedom fighter. It's so good to be here, and especially the good to be here with Sid. Because I can remember so many times and so many places that Sid has been with us. You see, Sid was with us when we protested the police killing of Fred Hampton and Mark Clark. He was at the prayer practice, but nobody was there but Reverend Murray and myself. <laughs> Sid has been all around. But he was at the pavilion. And was he at the pavilion? It was Sid Ardow who said, yes, we can. And other people said, no, we can't. It was Sid Ardow who understood the pulse of the people and who knew that the time had come. It was Sid who brought in the thousands and thousands and ten thousands of people to the pavilion on the west side of the city of Chicago. A move that many people think turned the tide in the campaign where Harold Washington was elected mayor. And Sid did it. Sid did it because he understood that if you believe in yourself, and if you believe that you have a dream and a mission, and if you believe that you will always win and cannot fail. And people said it couldn't happen. Sid was whispering to me. And Sid said to me, you know, Danny, we're going to make it. Because if you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, it's almost a cinch, you won't. If you think you lose, you've lost. Found in the world we find. Success begins with the fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, if you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You have to be sure of yourself before you can ever win the prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later, 
The C.N.R. Downs of this world will win because they think they can. See you in the next round. Monsignor John Egan. He has had more sensitivity to the suffering of the least amongst us than most of the theologians I know. If the late Dr. Martin Luther King was truly a drum major for justice, then it was Sid who got him the drum. <laughs> Chicago Mayor Harold Washington. It was crusading against bigotry and racial injustice. As far back as you know, heard about it. After the war, he returned to the Civil War and the Progressive Party, which William Lord and I have been a tremendous influence on the politics of this city. Since if you didn't know he was real, no one could convince you that a guy like Adam Stride this earth. One of the most selfless individuals I've ever known. The Zidord Hour is a rabbi and a priest and a minister and a Buddhist monk and a Muslim imam. He's a holy man, although he denied that with every fiber in his body. He's one of the holiest men I know. Because his vision is greater than he is, and his commitments are greater than his own strength, than even he realizes. And I might add that Sid is a universal man. He's not white, not black, he's not Hispanic. He's all things, all He sees beyond the thickness of race into the hearts and souls of people and radiates just that. Pulitzer Prize winning author, Studs Turkle. When sin is like a killer, he was here. He was always here when there was a battle, when somebody was against the wall. Sid was with him.
you will hear gospel and rhythm and blues and jazz. Music is music. All of our people got a soul. To learn more about Jubilee Showcase and enjoy outstanding gospel music from this groundbreaking television show, subscribe to the Jubilee Showcase YouTube channel for full performances posted weekly. You can also access a newly released 36-song compilation on all major streaming platforms. Just search for Jubilee Showcase. 
And you can stay up to date with all the latest information about this show on the Jubilee Showcase Facebook page. Join us next time when host Bob Hercules speaks with accomplished filmmaker Steve James, who brought us Hoop Dreams, The Interrupters, and was nominated for an Oscar for Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. You won't want to miss this thought-provoking conversation with this important and fascinating filmmaker. And if you enjoyed this program, please subscribe, leave us a rating and review so more people can find out about us, and share about Rhythm of Life on social media and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Ordauer. This has been a Rhythm and Light production.